0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Wow! I'm back! Yay! That's very true. So, so Gabriel used to be on the show all the time, and then he took a break uh, for a little bit, but now he's back on, so everybody's going to be super happy, because one of the things that we get told all the time in emails and in comments is how much they love Gabriel and miss Gabriel. And thankfully, due to my self-esteem, I'm able to say, what about me? Uh, so today on Rockwell Podcast, we have Foreign Pain. they have a new album called Death of Divinity, which is released on September 3rd via Good Fight Music. Right now I'm being joined by Aaron to share some more information about a couple of tracks, the album, his sweet guitar tone, uh, some videos, some other credits that management has said we got to chat about these things. So Aaron, <laughs> welcome to the show.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Absolutely. Great to have you on now. I guess let's get into that sweet guitar tone. What can you tell us about the record and what went into crafting? I guess from a guitar perspective, what we're hearing.
1: Okay, um, the I guess I'll just start with what was actually used. Um, we did the, it's the same kind of you know rhythm tone. We use the exact same tone for both guitars. Um, the only thing that changed was the physical guitar itself. But um, we played, we used a, uh, we we did like a bi-amping thing. So we used two completely different amp setups running through at the same time. First was a uh, a powered by Omega um, Obsidian, which um, Mike from Omega is a really old friend of mine. And I was stoked to be able to use some of his stuff on the record. So it was his amp, uh, the Obsidian, and also the accompanying Omega 412. And then we also split off to a 5150, just like a, the old original one, mm-hmm. with a... I also have an Omega 112, which is actually... It's just my little at-home kind of jam cab, and it's the best sounding cab I've heard of anything ever. So I had to use it on the record. But yeah, we just kind of did a mix of that, but um, we used... Uh, couple different kind of overdrives mostly this bad cat pedal called a siamese drive which is basically two clon clones and a single pedal stacked on top of each other which kind of just gives it a really cool bite um but yeah other than that we used my gibson les paul custom i have a 1976 that just sounds great and then uh, our other guitar players uh les paul supreme so that was that was the basis of the tone and I don't really remember mics and all that stuff, but then our buddy uh Bo from Seosin mixed the whole record and he definitely put his touch on pulling that all together to hearing how you sound it in the actual record. And I couldn't be happier with it. I like it sounds I feel like it sounds both like kind of more old school and modern at the same time, if that makes any sense. So I just I really like it. It's it's purposely kind of like not polished. I think it sounds huge. So I'm stoked on it.
0: Uh Yeah. Did you guys walk into the studio with the producer with those words? We want something, uh, kind of old school, kind of modern, something not too terribly polished, but sounding huge.
1: (laughs) Description. (laughs) I the strip description. I gave Bo is hilarious. And shockingly, like he just did it. I told him I wanted the grit and like, ruggedness of the first Slipknot record Mm -hmm. but I wanted it to sound not in tones but sonically as huge as like a Nickelback record so I was like something in between there and he just kind of chuckled and then when he sent me the first draft he was like I think this is it and I was like that's it (laughs) (laughs) like it sounds huge like a big like Because I mean you turn it up on like a good stereo it's really thick and full but then it just I mean we played to a click, but we purposely did very little editing with drums and all that kind of stuff, so it's still really raw.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you yeah. picked, you picked like a documentary style record with Slipknot's first album, and then yep. you, then you picked some of the best sounding records from like 2005, exactly with Nickelback. So that's that's an incredible feat, but obviously he accomplished it, and you guys are happy.
1: Yeah, and no, it's like I knew that telling him that in my head it made sense. But if he didn't get it, it could have been a nightmare. <laughs> but he totally got it. I was like, I don't want it to sound like rock tone and rock drums, just that essence of how huge those productions sounding. Yeah. Like that's what I'm after, something that just sounds big like that, but I still just want the tones and everything to be really raw. And we did a lot of stuff purposely to like not make it polished, but it's just the the feeling and thickness of the mix is what I was looking for when I told him that, and he totally nailed it. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, playing to a click. So is this entire record live off the floor as a band?
1: It's not. So I, honestly, the, the journey of recording this record is pretty wild. We recorded over the course of like five years, like mm-hmm. fully over the course of five years. We, we originally set out to do an EP and we, we, in January of 2006, we recorded the music for the first six songs, which was originally just supposed to be a six song EP and um, we did it up at our buddy um, Joe Martin's studio called Bright Mountain Studios, um, kind of in Central California. And did all the music there and then kind of chipped away at vocals here and there. Our, our singer runs his own company and just is very, very busy dude. So, I mean, we would get into the studio like every couple of weeks because we recorded, we tracked with our buddy Roger Camaro's Um he was in no motive. He's just does a lot of producing stuff and he plays drums in the warriors. Joe, who I mentioned before is also in the warriors. We kind of have a lot of really weird <laughs> things with the warriors, but, uh, the, we tracked it over a long time and it got, after we were finally ready, we got, eventually it took so long that we we're like, let's just do this. We already wrote more songs. Like, let's just make it a full length. So we get to having all that done. And this, the the, album have been recorded over so many different sessions that compiling all of that to get ready to send off to be mixed was like a very daunting task. <laughs> so what we ended up doing is, um, all our drum tracks were all consistent cause they were just done in two sessions the first time. And then the second time, but guitar and bass and vocals were all over the place. So we actually ended up retracking the whole record on guitar and bass so that it was all just one consistent tone. So like the evolution of it just kind of just took a life of his own mm-hmm. but um the end result of it was you know it ended up being cohesive in a way but we were able to work on stuff and w- see, when you retrack an album you play it a little bit different and like kind of tied everything all together um i've completely lost track of what the initial question is because i'm just been rambling but i Making sure I'm answering
0: it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the point is that you're answering something. I mean, we really could ask any question like, how do you like your pizza? You're from California. How do you like your pizza? (laughs) Uh,
1: Delicious. Good. Good answer. (laughs) While
0: while everybody from New York and Chicago is eagerly waiting to throw knives or something. Uh, You
1: you guys put pineapple
0: on pizza and barbecue sauce on pizza and spaghetti on pizza.
1: What? I am a white sauce guy on pizza, though. Ooh, white sauce. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Boom. You hear that, kiddo? We do something kind of like that. <laughs> well, we've also done, like, a, a garlicky kind of white sauce. We make our own pizza. We have, like, pizza nights. Nice. And, uh, not that often. Not no. that often as of late. We were, like, we were house hunting, and then the summer hit with all kinds of inclement weather, and we do lots of gardening. So it's been... Uh, I'm <laughs> ready to just say
1: goodbye to the summer.
0: <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: That's good so. the next time timeline. we have a pizza night. I have a suggestion. Yep. To get some of the white sauce and mix it with your marinara sauce and makes kind of a pink sauce. Uh huh. Very good. Sweet. All right. You hear that, son?
0: Um. <laughs> I know how much I'm gonna <laughs> like that.
1: Well, I think you will. You'll be surprised. It'll be a little different.
0: Hmm. We'll give it a give it a whir. Give it a whir, baby. Boom. <laughs> Okay. Now, this record, Death of Divinity, you mentioned you guys have been working on it for a while. One of my questions was going to be, if you're re-recording stuff, or it's taking that long anyway, how much changed over that time? It doesn't sound like a whole lot kind of did, other than just the way you guys played it
1: maybe might have been a little different. Musically, not a lot. Vocally, a whole lot. Um We that's what we really kind of took our time on because we were kind of writing as we like, we wrote all the music pretty quickly and re- just recorded it right away. So we were, the, the singer was constantly kind of involving on lyrics and we would go in and record some stuff. I mean, we essentially were like writing vocals in the studio as far as finalizing stuff, which is what ultimately made it take so long, but we were recording with our buddy and it was just most comfortable for our singer Doyle. And it just ended up being kind of our process. But um, a lot of the stuff that he's singing about on the record, like I said, is like very deeply personal. And um, he was kind of going through a lot of the things that he was singing about, like in real time. So he, you know, had different perspectives on it as we were going. And he also wanted to make sure that some of the stuff that he was talking about, he just wanted to make sure that if he was going to talk about it, he did it in the right way that he needed to. So that just came with its own evolution of, hey, like, we got this done. It's cool, but I'm just, I don't feel like that's the best version of what I want to say. Mm -hmm. So we would just go back in and change it up. And we just kind of kept polishing it until he was completely happy and we were all completely happy. And it was, it ended up being its final version.
0: Okay. Now, this record, Death of Divinity, I guess the question is maybe lyrically, maybe musically, what is this record about?
1: Um, And as I mean, in a zoomed out level, it's for I can uh, I'll speak for Doyle, because obviously, like I said, very personal to him. But it's kind of just the process of dealing with the ups and downs of the things that just happen in life that you don't have any control over and how you choose to deal with it. And. um, it, It covers a lot of topics like around just struggles with depression struggles with addiction in an outwardly way, as far as what it's like to deal with other people that are having addiction problems that are close in your life and the toll that that can take and things like that. And, um, it's, it's just very much all about just raw real human emotions and just being honest with yourself and everybody around you when it comes to dealing with it, because everybody deals with that stuff and some people shy away from it and it's not the right way to handle it. So it's just kind of, it, there. it's not summed up. It's not like a, you know, it's not a quote unquote, like a depression record where it's, these are all my problems. This is how you should deal with it. And I, I don't want to speak negatively about that. I just feel like that that's kind of a vibe in the last few years, which is cool that it's being talked about just as long as it's like totally genuine. And, Um, I can, I mean, I can say from experience that everything that our singers talked about, it's like, he's not saying this is what you should do. He's just referring to what he's feeling and what he's needed to do to deal with that.
0: Yeah. So he's,
1: he's there, he's, he's taking the stance, I guess the best way to do it, he's taking the stance is that he's hoping that his expression of how he's dealt with the things that happened is his, his life. He's only speaking for himself in the hopes that maybe there's other people that could, connect with that and find some kind of, uh, parallels.
0: Okay. This is a deep question and you might not know the answer and that's okay. Aaron, uh, with death of divinity. And this just comes up because for some strange reason, I've interviewed quite a few bands who have done tarot related, uh, music. And in tarot, there's a card called death. And, uh, it means basically the beginning of a rebirth into something hopefully better. Um, is that at all kind of what this is about, Death of Divinity? Like, I don't know, some kind of a rebirth into something better?
1: Um, I would say yes. Uh, I don't want to speak for Doyle because that's all, like, we left lyrical content, song names, album name, like that was fully just all up to him because everything was so deeply personal for him. Um, I, I guess I can just speak for my own impression of why he would have come up with that and you use the term rebirth. And I think that that is pretty accurate as to what he's going for Mm -hmm. just because some of the, the, the struggles and the things that he's had to go through and come out the other side of and figure out how to implement, implement that into his just day to day. I, I would consider a form of rebirth for him because he's just, He's just had to figure out how to, you know, recalculate in his brain of, you know, these are the things that are on my plate, you know, for better or worse. And how do I sort through that in a way that I can still take care of my own, like, healthiness and happiness? Mm -hmm. So I think, I I think it refers to, I mean... it, it, this kind of ties in We're we're releasing some videos next week of like lyrical explanation stuff where he kind of dives in and gives a little bit of background as to where he's coming from. And I think after people maybe see those videos, it might make a little bit more sense in the term of rebirth of the the depth of the things he was going through to now be out on the other side of it and in a good and healthy place mm-hmm. is a rebirth in itself.
0: Okay. Cool. Now, in today's show notes, speaking of videos, we have one for On Failure, one for Nell, um, and then also as well, so anybody listening in, watching on YouTube, you're listening on Spotify, wherever you're tuning into the show right now, if you go into the show notes, you can see uh, the links to those music videos, you can check them out, you can hear the songs, and then also as well, there's a link to, I have your Bandcamp, and Mm -hmm. I imagine from Bandcamp, people can go just about anywhere they need to, so they can go to, for example, uh, your YouTube channel, even from the YouTube videos, you should be able to go to YouTube channel and then check out uh, any of those additional accoutrements uh, that you are giving to the world.
1: Oh, yeah. The uh, the majority of our YouTube content is just living on the Good Fight Music YouTube page.
0: Okay, I um, see, I see um, that. I, I don't,
1: yeah, I think everything... So basically anything YouTube-related, you can just you know search Good Fight Music and it'll pop right up. At this point, I think Foreign Pain should be popping up fairly well as... But... Um, yeah i mean other than that we as most people we we mostly push push instagram stuff just Born pain hc
0: okay cool so everybody who is an instagram head i don't know what do you call those an instagrammer
1: uh, <laughs> i guess yeah
0: <laughs> check out the band on on instagram uh i just noticed that your drummer has a giant hole in his snare drum
1: yeah he he's still like i don't know if people even remember but it the mid 2000s having a a vented snare was like a a thing and he just has like a really old uh orange county drum and percussion snare that still has the big vents in it and it sounds awesome (laughs) it's super loud
0: yeah the funny thing is i you just took me back to those years by saying that drum company
1: yeah and that's that's what kind of snare it is but yeah that like i think it was travis barker started doing it first just drilling big holes in the side of the snare to try to make it sound cooler and I don't know why it didn't the fad didn't stay because it actually did make it sound pretty cool. It gave it its own character, but yeah, he's just had that snare forever, so that's the one
0: Wow, beautiful yeah, I'm just going to the music video right now and <laughs> stopping I'm seeing some Les Paul action Les Paul's are sexy it looks like yeah. uh stock pickups in those bad boys
1: yeah the uh in my les paul it's it's all original it's all it's uh I think this is a fifty nine Maybe a 498, I can't remember, but um, the other Les Paul used to be mine, who now is Daryl R., other guitar player's guitar, uh, that's a Bare Knuckle Nail Bomb. Okay, cool. I changed that out a while back. A
0: while back. How come Bare Knuckle? What was it about uh, them that inspired you?
1: Um, It was in... I had just been using active pickups for a really long time, like in uh, my old band, and I just wanted to do something different and had they, I just been, had been hearing a lot about them and I really liked that they had so many different models that were kind of hyper-focused on doing certain things. Yeah. So I just went through their website and just listened to all the little like sound bites of, Hey, here's the same guitar with a bunch of different pickups in it. Yeah. And that's the one that stuck out at me.
0: Okay. And then you got it and you went ring and you went, yes.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And then you got rid of it. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) um well when i got the i mean to be fair that guitar i thought i was gonna have forever and then i ended up finding this you know guitar that i wanted for ever and ever which is a you know a really old les paul custom that just was the one and i was like okay well i'm just never gonna play this other guitar again and uh daryl really liked it so i was like if i was ever gonna sell it it's gonna be to him so yeah that's kind of stays in the family still. <laughs>
0: that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then we got the Bad Cat Siamese Drive, which we chatted about. Oh, yeah. The Obsidian amp, which hilariously enough, I have uh experimented with digitally from the Neural DSP plugin.
1: Yeah, I have that too. The plugin's awesome. Uh
0: great question then. Do you find that it is comparable or similar to the real deal?
1: Um Yes, but the thing that a lot of people in the tone world don't really like to subscribe to because, like, it you know, it kind of takes away from the lore of having like a, such a boutique amp is that I find that the guitar you're using and the cab you're using make by far the biggest difference in your tone yeah. above an amp. Yeah, like if I'm using the same guitar and cab and I plug into five different amps, I can get pretty close to the same tone yep. with every amp. So I will say that, like, the Obsidian, as far as modern high gain, they, just because, I mean, I know Mike, and I know what's gone into his company, and he doesn't cut any corners on quality and, like, the parts that go into that amp, which is why they, you know, why they cost so much, and he has, like, a lead time to try to get them made, because they truly are, like, a boutique amp that has taken everything into consideration. And what he's ended up with is a... Unique sounding amp, but the clarity is what I think stands out the most in his products is that you can have like a super saturated tone and ring out like a really ugly chord and still hear all the strings. Yeah, I think that to me, that's the selling point for Omega as far as his amps go.
0: Cool. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Soldano because that was his story. How could I make a Mesa Boogie Mark amp sound clearer? So he made the Soldano 100. Yep. Um cool. So yeah, I guess that's just that's the way it rolls, baby. Oh yeah. More gain, but clear. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Sweet. Okay, so we chatted about crafting guitar tone. We even ended about guitar tone. We chatted about Bo from Seozan who was helping out with that. We chatted about um coming in to the studio with a really clear picture, or at least the guy who's helping you out with your guitar tone, a really clear picture, which I loved, which was Slipknot's first record and Nickelback's Wall of Guitar Sound, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is great. We chatted about white sauce pizza and even mixing it with some red sauce. And pink we, sauce. Yeah, pink ding, sauce. Ding, 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 we chatted about... I love pizza. Yeah, I'll put pink sauce yep. pizza. We chatted about pink sauce pizza. Uh, and I, we, I do love my pizza. Yeah, who doesn't love pizza, baby? Come on. I back it. Yeah. Uh, the album Death of Divinity, we chatted about Roger... Camaro, we chatted about Bright Light Studios, Bright Mountain Studios, we chatted about, uh, what didn't we chat about? We got everything in there, I think. Did I miss
1: anything, Aaron? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, look out for some other like video content next week and in the coming weeks. Um, even after release, we're going to continue to do some other video stuff and like we're, we're just going to be doing as much as we can until seems like shows are coming back, but then who knows if it, I don't know but we're just going to keep doing our thing and putting stuff out as much as we can. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what's coming back where I live. Lockdown. That's what's coming back. I know. Right. It's only a matter of time. Everybody's in denial right now, but uh, it's only,
1: only a matter of time,
0: Aaron. So yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I know how that goes. So I kind of look forward to it now yep. being an introverted person. Everybody who's extroverted out there like no, And I'm like, well, I understand. I dig it.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So cool. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thanks for having me.